Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Bring us in, Big G. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Back, 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 back. Future Use favorite podcast, Slick and Thick. To my right, an absolute legend. Should need no introduction. Just was on Barstool Sports. Candace Horbach, also known, <laughs> a.k.a. formerly known as Eva Lovia. Now, in the past, in the rear view. Here to talk <laughs> about the absolute debacle, debauchery that happened over at that Barstool boot camp yeah. over there. And... Through the wonders of technology, we have the ghost of the once great Mickey Gall coming in. This dude right there, you can't tell because, you know, you've met him, so you know, but he doesn't, he actually is six foot three, 200 pounds. Every single one of them is a problem. This dude is the CEO of the RNC. He is the tamer of punks, the master of sages, the cutest man to ever be in the cage. The first person to outwork him has not existed yet. He is the future champ, the one, the only, the UFC's Mickey Gall. How you doing, Mick? I'm doing well. Unfortunately, I can't be there. Uh, uh, Candace has a restraining order against me, so I have to be... Uh... <laughs> I have to be doing this virtually, so hi guys. Yeah. Hey, sorry, for, sorry about everything. Sorry about everything, Candace. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Yeah. She's like, "Is Mickey? Uh, where, where's Mickey?" I'm like, "He's zooming in." She's like, "Oh, you know what's weird? I have something to do today." <laughs> I have to go wash my hair. I have to go wash my hair. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's all good and gravy. So, Candace, let's get right into it. You just were on uh, Glennie Ball's show on Barstool Sports. How did that go for you? So, Glennie's a doll. I mm -hmm. love Glennie. Um, we did the Only Sands podcast, and I thought it was going to be, you know, great. Everyone's going to be supportive, fun, happy, just like light barstool audience. And we got into some of the questions like regarding my children. And I was like, okay, like we'll go there. That's totally fine because I've done it before in other podcasts. Um, and Slick and thick specifically, but yeah. I'm like very, very open about my personal life. And I go in the comment section and it is just horrific, yeah. like absolutely horrific. Um, and it wasn't just like one person. It was almost like a dog pile. I was getting it from Twitter and Instagram. And uh, I even hate saying it out loud, but people were like, oh, you're basically your kids are going to kill themselves when they're older and it's your the fault. Fuck? Yeah. Like just evil yeah. shit. Um, and then that sucked. And I'm like going through and... I don't know. I just like was like waiting for someone to kind of white knight for me a little bit, like mm -hmm. you, like kind of how you did. Mm -hmm. And I know like that has a bad rap now, but know everyone that is a good thing to stand up for your friends and for people. Um, your well, comment section went crazy on me yeah. for one of our clips, and you went right in. I never asked you. Um, you did it all on your own, and I was like, wow, I really appreciate that. Well, yeah. So I didn't do it to like white knight, but you know, for me, uh, we had a couple clips from the the. Um, the show go viral on Instagram specifically. And then there were people, um, you know, that were fans of mine for my political takes or whatever. And what I didn't like was that they were making these statements about you as a person off of that 35, 40 second clip. Mm -hmm. And my whole point was if you won't go back and watch the full show, watch the podcast, because we gave you decent pushback. I mean, one of the things, listen, 
you're obviously one of the most beautiful people on earth. You're gorgeous. You have this massive career. Millions of people follow you. You knew what you were getting yourself into. What I loved about our first show together, and Mickey and I drove from Wilmington to Florida talking about it afterwards, was like, dude, she's a smart girl. Like Every time we tried to press you on something, you had an answer for it. You were well thought out. You were beyond, it, it was beyond eloquence. You weren't bullshitting. You, you, you could tell that you thought these things through and that you've had an educated opinion on things. And it really bothered me how people attacked your character mm -hmm. based off of these clips that we posted. And for people that don't know, we post the most salacious clips to get the most views. If you see something on TikTok or Instagram, we're clout harvesting you. Now the idea is for you to then take that, take the next step, and click on the free freaking video on YouTube and watch it and then make your own decisions. Mm -hmm. So what, what I really didn't like was, was people were um, attacking your entire life based off of a 45-second clip, you know, like our advertising, essentially. So it was a shorter-form podcast than I'm used to doing, and it kind of moved a little bit quickly. And again, it's supposed to be light. It's barstool. It's not supposed to get super heavy. That's just not their thing. So um, he kind of asked the question, like, how are you going to tell your kids or, or like approach that in general? And my response was pretty much like, well, he was like, are you ready? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> and mm -hmm. when the day comes, I hope I'm as ready as I can be. Um, and part of that is age appropriate introduction into like, this is what mom used to do. Right. And then that the most important thing is I'm there when they that real aha moment happens that I'm like the first person there and it's not some asshole kid showing him something on his phone which is probably inevitable and and I said as not or um I'm sorry not as a cop-out but it's going to be my husband's role to really smooth that over so everyone was like using the pig emojis and they're like she's not taking accountability and of course her simp husband is going to be responsible and I was like whoa 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 like first of all this was like a 45 minute podcast we moved along very quickly I'm obviously not going to be like, hey, kids, dip out. Your dad's got this. Like, I'm going to be there. Validate their emotions. Like, yeah, you're allowed to be pissed, grossed out, whatever your emotions are when you kind of come to. Um, but what kid wants to talk about sex in general with their mom, let alone their mom having sex? So there's going to be a space where that where they need like that sacred masculinity and to be honest with my husband and have him, you know, listen and be there for them and you know kind of take all of the things that they're going to share with him that they might not want to share with me because I don't need to know everything like they're allowed to have conversations in private with my husband that's like sacred for them so yeah of course right if it was a daughter it would be a totally different situation but as like the leader of the household the leader of the family like the man in the family of course he's going to be the one that's kind of taking the brunt of it with the boys mm -hmm. I don't know How that's do my perspective how do you foresee that like conversation being broached like in the ideal way? Like it, is is it inevitable that it's going to come from some other kid or is is that something you guys are going to almost try and get get ahead of or nip in the bud so to speak? Oh, nip in the bud for sure. And again, it has it's hard because I think as parents we often think that they're a lot more immature than they are or they're not ready to have certain conversations and then you're actually way behind the ball because some kid, you know, is ahead of them at school and they break the news to your kid or to your kid about like what sex is or what porn is or whatever that conversation. Right. So it's kind of constantly having to check in with your kid and be like, are they ready for this level of the talk and, you know, reevaluating that endlessly. 
Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, we've already started having like the, my body conversation with him. We use proper anatomy terms for everything. Um, like I don't want to instill a sense of shame with him or his body or his sexuality. So it starts this early. Like my oldest is, you know, like around three years old and we are already talking mm. about that kind of stuff. So again, it's like you, you broach that subject at age appropriate levels. Um, and the biggest thing is that foundation, like that subconscious level is that sex is not bad. It's not shameful. It's actually inherently creative and beautiful and necessary. Pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. So don't let anyone else tell you like this is something that's supposed to be puritanical and like mm. yucky. Well, so where do you think the line is like crossed, right? Because the idea is we're all in the public space. You know, we, we know when we go out there um, that things that we're doing are going to be judged and they're going to be, you know, uh, people are going to have their opinions. And th that's kind of what we're signing up for, right? So where do you think the line was crossed in, in this regard? And do you think, I mean, Barstool has a massive audience. There's millions of people watching. Do you think the negativity is just amplified? Do you think there were half a million people watching you that agreed and it was like 10 people that got online and they just decided I'm going to ruin this girl's day or what? For sure. Yeah. I think, you know, our brains are wired to see negativity and to like hyper focus on that just from like a survival standpoint. So I know that it's me and I can control my reality, which is not be stressed out, not be crying. Cause I literally was in tears and I'm like texting my husband cause he was out of town and I'm like, this is just like the most vile thing anyone has ever said to me. And in response to the Glenny balls video. What? In response to the Glenny Balls video? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was like several people that had mentioned my child potential, like in the future committing suicide and it being my fault, which is again, like I get sick. Ugh, and I get emotional it. just like talking about it because it's like how I believe like words are, are magic and they carry like a lot of a lot of power. And it, to like say something like that is just I can't even put myself That's beyond fucked up. Yeah, it's terrible. It's all these fucking dorks who can just easily get on their little computer and type, type, type some bullshit. Like, but I, I feel you at the same time. You know what I mean? But they they have no real connection to you. Yeah, they, you know they're pieces of garbage. Like fuck the, those people. Let that shit wash over. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So let me let me take Easier the, said than done. Let me take the other side of it for a second, just to play devil's advocate, because I I troll the shit out of politicians on Twitter. You know, and I don't treat them as, as real human beings. So I, I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. And you hate women, so. <laughs> you know what? I'm not yeah, even going to deny Yeah, you're the perfect person to talk I'm to. I'm not here. even going to deny it. At, at this point, I feel like women deserve it, okay? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but the, you kind of threw me off there. That was good. The, uh, <laughs> but the, the, the idea is in, Especially if you're like somebody that's trying to be funny. I think what happens at Barstool is that they let their audience know that, you know, they pick their next talent from the comment section. So they're really now that it's it's a trap to to increase engagement. Portnoy is the best attention harvester in the world. But these guys try to one up each other to be, you know, Captain Edgy Boy. And to be the funniest person, and they may be saying something. Now, they're also in a place like Barstool because the idea is they're allowed to say things there that they're not allowed to say in other places. It's less repressive in that regard. Like, you know, it's more quote-unquote old-school comedy where, you know, I don't have to worry about hurting somebody's feelings. And, you know, uh, this is kind of, and we, we've talked about this a little bit, Mick, this is kind of that Red Pill Andrew Tate thing where, 
if everybody woke and everybody hypersensitive and this generation is so sensitive and they, they, they are so repressive with what you can say and you can't say, then the first person in the first place, it's like, nah, fuck that. You can say whatever you want. Come here. You know, your voice is your voice. You're going to gravitate towards that and it creates that false binary where like, all right, well, if everything these woke assholes say is wrong, then everything this red pill guy must say is right. And they kind of get into that where, you know, right, it's like the polar opposites. Yeah. You know, and, and we're yeah. seeing that kind of false binary everywhere. It's like, well, if big pharma and science are lying about this, then all medication needs to be questioned. And maybe the worth really is flat. And, you know, and you sit here after, you know, these institutions have lied to you so often you sit here and be like, ah, fuck, I don't have enough information. I've never been to outer space. Maybe the fucking earth is flat. I have no idea. I'm not right. out there performing these. So you, you, there's this weird kind of counter reaction to this, this woke movement. Where is this unwoke movement where then they think it's okay to treat a stranger like absolute trash because, yeah. well, you know, because they uh, deserve it. Just hustler, like all other women. Cause hustler <laughs> Academy says they're not real women, you know? So yeah, hey, what do you even uh what do you think of uh Andrew Tate? So the way I look at him is that broken clock analogy, like a broken clock is right twice a day. So he does right. have some stuff that you're like, wow, that's really well thought out. I agree with that. I agree with that. But once you get into the misogyny and the woman hating and the idea that like you own like we're somehow subhuman, you lose me. So people can say he's a character and this is all just his shtick, but how, why are we giving him the benefit of the doubt? Like what has he done to earn our trust that like the misogynist is the character and then the other one is the real Andrew? Like how do we know that the misogynist isn't the real Andrew and the other one is pretend? Well, you separate the art from the artist, right? Like, so I think that there's things that he said that you absolutely have to take into account. And there's other things that you say. I don't understand this this idea where just because I like something somebody said, I have to be 100% on board with who the person is. Like anybody who's ever read any of the uh, Ted Kaczynski's manifesto, you have to be like, wow, this guy made some really good points about technology. And then you don't have to be like, yeah, well, you know, so you like the Unabomber. No. This guy made some good points. Read Osama bin Laden, what he said about the United States of America and why he did 9-11 he wrote he wrote a uh i don't know what it would be um a, a treatise on our foreign policy and you're mick if i show it to you you're gonna be like gerard did you write this <laughs> <laughs> so you, dude, am i pro osama bin laden no i'm not right so I, like there's some things andrew tate has said and he's very worldly uh that absolutely makes sense the corruption in government people that are allowing themselves to be used as pawns by by this propaganda machine absolutely how does he know because he created a propaganda machine mm -hmm. he knows it works because he did it nobody knew who cobra tate was a year ago yeah but you have to ask like what who do you want to support so you again you can say some of his you know thoughts ideas whatever are true absolutely i agree with some of them but is that someone that's worthy of your support to like prop up and follow and retweet and be like, this guy is so red pilled. This guy is, you know, Mr. Masculinity, like his idea of masculinity. Um, who was it that said it? I think it was maybe Mark Manson. And he's like, Andrew Tate's idea of masculinity is like a 12 year old boy's idea of masculinity. It's mm -hmm. like hot girls, tons of money and fast cars. Like none of that's masculine at all. Do you not, Mick, do you agree? Do you think hot girls, fast cars and tons of money is a, is a bad thing for a man? I didn't say it was a bad thing. <laughs> no, I, 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 Let me spin no, it the I, way I, I want to spin it. 
I was gonna let her finish. I was gonna let her finish there. Um, cause I don't think those things are like the, the opposite of masculinity, but I, I'll let you finish. Well, so then actually Ben Shapiro did like a little rebuttal to this and he was like masculinity traditionally is like, is supporting your woman, protecting your woman, providing for her, rearing up your, like rearing up children, um, you know, being a member of your community. Those things are inherently masculine, right? Being a leader and protective, not how much can I throw around in a club sure. and how jealous can I make people like that's bogus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I agree with that. No, that's I true. Don't, I don't have any arguments with that, but I think what happens again, not to defend Andrew Tate or whatever. I think there were so few people telling young men who were ambitious and who, you know, you took a Jordan Peterson, he took a Jordan Peterson message and slapped a leather jacket on it and you know sat on a harley basically is what he did He's, he, he takes this you know take control of yourself it, you take control of your destiny it's okay to work it's okay to be ambitious it's okay to be um aggressive in the and, and be able to control that aggression and i think that there's been enough times where andrew tate has broken character that you can tell what he's doing is intentionally inflammatory right and if he wasn't intentionally inflammatory, but don't you have a be talking about him at all? But don't you have a responsibility, especially when your platform is so big? So when you're saying things that you know children are consuming, mm -hmm. and you're like, "Women are property," right? Let's yeah. lock. Let me show you how to create an OnlyFans pyramid and lock these bitches out if they don't behave. Like how? Like um, I like I own a girl, so she has to give me her profit. Like you're teaching young boys that that's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's unacceptable. Sure, sure. I mean, there's again, this is the the kind of like there's this false binary where you have to say you know everything this guy does is bad. You know, I use the I use the example all the time. Like you know, hey, I don't want OJ dating my sister, but great running back. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hire gonna, Michael Jackson as a babysitter, but damn, that motherfucker can sing. Like, right. But are you going to, are you going to subscribe? And like, again, so it's like, who do you support? And I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's a lot of masculine role models out there that are great. Like Aubrey Marcus is probably one of my favorite examples because he's physically fit. He's strong. He, you know, I'm pretty sure he, he used to be a fighter. Right. And nah. now, oh no. No, no, I don't know why he's I like, he was that. involved with he was involved with fighters with like Onnit and stuff. He like sponsored a lot of fighters. Oh, but he didn't actually fight. Yeah, not oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Either way, like he's obviously like you look at him and you're like, that's a masculine dude, right? He's like focuses on his mm -hmm. body and his strength, but he's also working on his mind and his spirituality, and he's not afraid to cry. Like he is for me a the, a shining example of what a masculine man is, right? It's in touch with all aspects of masculinity and everyone has feminine energy too. Like right when he's showing his emotions and he's being vulnerable, that's actually, that's very powerful. That's strong. That's a great example, but we don't prop him up because he's not inflammatory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that, well, I mean that, that speaks more towards like our media dynamic and like what, what gets attention. That goes back to what I was saying. I mean, Andrew Tate probably was saying the political, he was probably having the political discourse and the, and the opinions that he still has to this day. 10 years ago you know he had these beliefs but when he was just you know geeky little andrew kickboxing with a weird half british accent nobody cared mm -hmm. you know then all of a sudden he be, he puts on the prada shades and becomes cobra tate and uh you know fuck women and get money and i go 18 cars and all of a sudden people are like wow look at this guy i should listen to him so i i, I don't know i mean you know it, it's kind of that <sighs> 
it's kind of that double standard of the thing that makes you who you are, the thing that made you notable is also the the cross that you have to bear, mm-hmm. right? And there's so many people out there that are choosing that methodology, right? Where he, you could say it was easy street, whatever it is. He said, there's definitely a vein I can exploit here. There's something that I can do. There's a place for these, I hate the term incel or whatever, but there's there's a place for these people who are, are not being spoken for. They're not being represented. They're never seen in the media. Somebody has to talk for them and to them, and he slipped right in there. It's a, you know, I almost feel like these guys are, you know, they're very vulnerable, man. This is a very vulnerable group of people who are just desperately looking for some sort of validation about their life. And circling back to the reason we're talking about it they're trying to get validation from their group by going after you but i bet you they're also just desperate to get you to notice them desperate to get the pretty successful girl to be like wow you hurt me like because in their mind they could never ever get you they could never have a conversation with you you'd be unapproachable and they they almost wouldn't internalize that as if I tried to talk to her, she'd hurt me, so I might as well hurt her first. I'm going to say some horrible shit to her on the internet. And the bad thing about it is they did get your attention. Normally, and again, normally it's not something I spend attention on, but I'm like, I I can't let this go under the radar. Like, this is so out of bounds and nothing short of evil. And it's like, I, I don't know, I was just hoping that it would maybe inspire other people if you see something to like stand up for people and like like if you see bad behavior you call it out that's a masculine trait right Mm -hmm. there is seeing bad behavior and calling it out and not being scared to be the only one you know like the only one standing up in a crowd full of just like zombies do you know what i mean so um again it goes to like that protector energy um so yeah i don't know i was like maybe i'll make like a tiny ripple like a tiny because I, I reached out to a couple other girlfriends of mine that are formerly in, in the industry and have children. And they're like, oh, yep, just another Tuesday. That mm-hmm. happens to me all the time. I'm like, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's just simply not okay. No, there's no reason for you to have to deal with that. You know, there's no reason. Yeah, you, you didn't do anything other than accept an invitation to come on a show. And we're going to sit there and pretend that my, like, I'm somehow a failure as a mother because of my previous career. But the person that comes after me online, a total stranger, and says, like, these really violent things, like, their parents weren't a failure. Clearly, your parents failed you. If you think that that's acceptable behavior and that doesn't make you feel sick to even type that out, your parents failed you. Mm-hmm. Mickey talks about it, too, all the time. Like, you know, these guys lose a fight, you know, they against you're talking about UFC fighters. You're talking about guys in their weight class that in a world of 8 billion people, there might be 50 that could even give them a fight in the world, you know? And yet, as soon as one of these guys loses a fight to one of the 50 best human beings on earth, the 50 most violent that we have in our species, how many DMs get filled up with somebody like being like, oh, you suck, you piece of shit, you, you know? And it's just like, sure. I, I couldn't handle it. I tell them all the time, I'm like, I couldn't handle a day in your life, bro. I couldn't. I would I would hire a private investigator to find every single one of them, show up at their job, throw the gloves at them like that old guy used to do, and be like, all right, show me how it's done. 
How are we doing? Yeah, it? right. Let's go. <laughs> Teach me. Yeah, I like to Teach I like me, to master. Look, I like to look on like those profiles when they message me and like see if they like drop the location. Like, oh, are you in Jersey right now? You know what I mean? Let's <laughs> like, see if I can roll up to you at work. Yeah. What's so happening? Like, Tell me, dude, what were you saying? What was that you were saying? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello, sir. Welcome to Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this you? Yeah. Hey, John. <laughs> yeah. Want to have a little That's combo? Real nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. I actually, I ca- I caught some I caught some shit. Uh, the last time we we're on the podcast, the that I didn't, I was told I didn't defend MMA fighters enough when you were drawing similarities between uh, porn and MMA. Well, I would you remember say, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were, what was their feedback? They were just like they were like, oh, it's, it's such a difference. Like one is like you have to like train for for years, this and that. I was like. Yeah, like I get there's obviously a difference. Like there's a there's sure there's a winner and a loser. There's a this and a that. But like the points you made are pretty similar. We were both using our bodies. You know what I mean? We're both have to um, or or as Gerard like to say, we both uh, have to take and give poundings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't think I didn't think it was it was so bad. But like, I think the thing is, the theme is, is that they're going to have shit to say no matter what. Mm -hmm. And as worthless as as it could be, it's like. Like I always talk about um, like people's perceptions are like, it's, it's crazy that they get stuck in our face through these comments that we have to read them because they're really none of our business. You know what I mean? Like everyone's going to have a different perception of you from your mother, your father, to your brother, sister, Gerard, you, everyone's got a, a, a unique different perception. So it's like, I, I really can't put stock into any of these fucking dorks on their little like Twitter fingers t- telling me what they're talking about, you know? And it took, like, it took me a little while to like to get there kind of too. And I'm sure you, you know, you get that little bit of poison and it makes you a little stronger from it. And you're able to kind of be like, all right, like, yeah, you're just like a stupid, sad person. You but, know? but there, but there's, we, we talk about them like they're little dorks. These are great dudes. Like I've made my whole career off these people, man. Like these, these are the people that buy the tickets to my shows. These are the people that support 99% of the people but watching and listening to us. That's a ass moment. The moment they're typing some shit is in a weak ass, like sad moment. Like that per, like that person in that moment is not, I don't think is worth a shit. I agree. But also that's not the fan. That's not the person that buys the 99% of the other people for whatever reason they watch. I think Elon just said it on, on Twitter. There was some, eight thousand people will watch it. Would look at a tweet, and only like five will like it, and one will respond. So your words are getting out there. There's a this is a very ridiculously vocal minority, mm-hmm. and I think the stress and the pain comes from the frustration of they get away with it. Like there's no retribution. There's like oh I'm gonna find you. Like you you know. And I go back. You know last time we talked about our you know our favorite kind of philosophers and you know. Look, Marcus Aurelius, you know, the, the Stoics, and you sit Aubrey there. Marcus Aurelius? Oh, Marcus Aurelius, Decimus Fun Marcus fact, I think I think uh, Aubrey Marcus's pops invented the fleshlight. Stop it. I'm pretty sure. that's. I think he, like, came up with, like, a lot of money, and, like, his dad had a lot of money and oh, no. was the inventor of the fleshlight. I'm I met sure. the guy that invented it, and it's definitely not his dad. It wasn't his dad? Yeah, no. I'm pretty sure his dad's deceased. He might have owned the company or something. Really? Deadass, yeah. I mean, we could look this it's, up. I'm sure. I am yeah. absolutely, absolutely positive. Somebody watching the Gas Digital live stream knows the answer to that question. <laughs> I am beyond positive. Hey, it's a great invention. It was great actually John Jones, 1978. Yeah, no, dude. <laughs> the, the um, but anyway, like Marcus really has had a great, great uh, line about this, and and you know, and he had 30 years to think about it, where he goes, you know, when it comes to criticism. It really comes down to two things. 
right? One, is the criticism correct? And if the criticism's not correct, well, then the person's full of shit, whatever. Just let it roll off your back. And if the person's correct, that's why it bothers you. Fix what it is, right? And that's, so that was his whole thing. And this is a guy who was emperor. This is a guy who had, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that, that may have disagreed with him or at one time or another. And he had the power to be like, what'd you say? <laughs> like, come on over here. Why don't you, why don't, why don't you have, hey, say it again to these legions, you know, but his whole thing, you know, you know, when people say things, it's so true. When people say things that you don't care about, you're like, shut up, you hammerhead, you stupid jamoke. But when they say something that you genuinely care about, and I think what happened with you this time is, you know, they're not talking to you specifically. You're like, you know what? I've been called this, whatever. They're not going to say something to me that somebody's never said. Well, now you're vulnerable. Because you're but, not alone in this world is kind anymore. Of doing you got exactly kids. what you're saying. She, Candace is doing exactly what you're saying. She's kind of she's out here talking about it and trying to like kind of change the narrative and change the minds like the um, of the people that are saying that shit or in the future will say that shit uh, and try and like upset her kids and stuff like that. Like you're you're out here like normalizing talking about sex in a in a free uh, way. So I, I think you know almost like the the example you just gave you just came up with with. Uh, what Marcus really said, kind of like you're kind of uh, exemplifying that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, well, when, when people get in the comment sections, especially when, when they, when they, you know, the hyper liberals were coming after me for, you know, going after them all the time and it would always go back to, well, yeah, well you're fat. Yeah. Well, yeah, I am. But I mean, uh, what's that have to do with what I was saying? What's that have to do with any, like, yeah, what's that have to do with the encroaching totalitarianism, buddy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always that divergence to the, the, I, at the end of the day, I'm just going to try to hurt you. I'm just going to try to do something right. that that's, hey, sure. man, you suck. You know, this is that. what it is. But that's what's what different is. is they they can't hurt you because they're talking about you, Mick, and they can't hurt me because they're talking about me. And when they were talking about you, that's fine. Now they're starting to talk about your kids. Mm -hmm. Now they're coming after they, then they found that soft spot and your kids aren't there to defend themselves. And you're sitting here having to defend some hypothetical tragedy. Right. And you're like, this is completely uncalled for. Right. Completely. And that's, this is also part of our society. We talk about this younger generation. Gen Z is, you know, a bunch of jamokes for stupid things. Like they show up to parties empty handed, like who shows up to a party empty handed, bring a bottle of wine, you idiot. Like, but they also, they've never been punched in the mouth for crossing a line. Like everybody knows you don't talk about someone's family. Like growing up where we grew up, if you talk about someone's mom, if you talk about someone's girlfriend, you talk about someone's sisters or kids, forget it. What happens happens. Like you just, you signed up for whatever comes next. And these guys are online. That isn't a show that, the, that where the guys who talk, they, you get some good hacker to fucking backtrack them. And we go show up and like kind of hold them responsible. You know what I mean? He was talking like, about Sorry, he was yeah. talking about this in the car on the way here. Yeah, great minds, you know. Yeah, bro. I was like, what we should do is we should find these guys and we should yeah. be like, hey, congratulations. You want a $2,000 free trip to L.A. Come on this show. And then the show is them have to sit there and be like, so why'd you say this? I got a guest coming out from the back. Whoops. Like, dude, put the trolls out there. But then, Eva, you made a good point, too. What was it? What was the point you made? Then you're going to have people just being mean at their chance in the spotlight essentially like mm. any attention any attention is attention i see i don't think we fly them out i think we show up and roll up on them 
with cameras. Fuck you. Yeah, we're in your face. I don't. You know what I mean? Like I'm, publishers like, clearinghouse to show up to the front door with a whole gaggle yeah, of cameras and up. boom like, mics. You, yeah, something where you got to be held. If you open a dialogue, you should be able to respond. And you know what I mean? Yeah. They're they're the one. You're not. It's that's unsolicited information and opinion. So you should be able to walk walk in and uh, have to own up for what you say. You know what I mean? Uh, there's at least a conversation there. I would love that. I would love. I think that's a great show. How does that not happen? Uh, probably, pro- probably hard to get part, insurance on a show out. like that. I bet. Let's cut this part out. We're gonna work on this. <laughs> after, right? We're gonna figure this out. I told you what I'd love. I, I, I hoped Elon. Now I know Elon's a you know a big Eva fan, so hopefully he sees this. But the uh, I want a dual button. I want a dual button. What's that? I want a dual button. I want to uh-huh. go back to 19th century duels. Oh, oh, oh. But you only get one a year, right? <laughs> so like, if somebody says some ratchet shit, you got to save your duel. And then you're like, all right, duel. And they got to come square up. Maybe we don't have to go guns like Aaron Burr and, you know, Hamilton. Fine. Maybe we could just do like the old school gladiators with the toothpicks or something like that. Those big giant uh, Q-tip Eva things. Eva can pick her champion. She can pick her champion. Oh, trial by combat. Her. Now we're yeah, talking. Hell yeah. Didn't we talk about duels last yeah, podcast? Yeah, I, 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 I really. Like, I'm in support Dora of talks duels. about duels every day. I want duels. He really to come likes back. duels. Yeah. I'm going to start carrying around gloves in my back pocket just to challenge. Him in the face. <laughs> yeah. I challenge you to a duel. Yeah, you spelled my name wrong on the Starbucks order? Challenge you to a duel. We'll fix society real quick, man. Until you run into the wrong person. And all of a sudden you're like, maybe, uh, maybe I should think of before I speak or duel somebody. It's accountability. That's what. That's all we're talking about here. Accountability. accountability. So, do you, speaking of, do you think Barstool should have done a better job of moderating the comments, responding to them? You- Barstool, no, because I mean they're a huge company, and there's no way that they're reading it. Um, I like. I'm glad he's my friend. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I wish that maybe he had had my back a little bit because he definitely saw the comments. There's no way he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So he but, didn't have anything to say for it. No, he didn't and I don't. In there at all. No, and I don't know if he's maybe like not allowed to. I don't know like any terms of his agreement. Or didn't want to alienate fans or something like that. Well, that's well, that's being a bitch fans, though, right? Like that's shit, yeah. Facts. No, that's yeah, yeah. It's 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 as uh, Candace would say, that's not masculine at all. Yeah. you know what I mean. You should be able to go fucking you know put yourself out there to say what's right. Yeah, especially when it comes to foot fetish people. I'll alienate the shit out fucking of those guys. <laughs> I don't want you. Get your foot fetish fucking weirdos out of here. All right. There's Amen. nothing wrong with feet. Oh, here we go again. You know what I mean? Oh, there we go. There we go. Actually, put, put, them up, put them up we, a little higher. We always get a spike. We always get a spike yeah. from these How's weirdos. for views? Yeah, thanks. Actually, we found out from Karen Fians, only fans, who you should totally do her show. That would be sick. It's about the scrunch on the bottom, apparently. Yeah, they like the wrinkles. What is that? I don't know. You know what? I don't want people who mistreat women as our fans, and I don't want those weirdos. I I wish I was one of those weirdos, bro. Dude, the funniest. I wish that did it for me. The funniest thing is they all. I've never. I've never all the 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 Brendan Shaw beef. The, the PBD podcast going after uh, uh, communist. I, n- nothing I've ever done in my life has ever gotten me more vitriol and hate in my DMs than talking the most modest amount of shit about foot fetish people. <laughs> you kink-shaming fat bastard <laughs> piece there, of shit. Bro. It was hardcore coming in. And the wildest thing, talking about the comments, were like, oh, this guy's such a prude. I bet you don't eat pussy. And I'm responding to the comments for the first time going, this is the first time I've ever been trolled with somebody telling me I don't eat something. <laughs> this is outrageous. Yeah, it's... It, anyway. Um, the feet community is very nice. Like they're nice, they're nice guys. Are they? Yeah, like, I mean, you find like your different little niches 
throughout your time in the industry and the foot fetish dudes are always very sweet i've never had an issue with i imagine that you would want to cultivate that audience as much as possible because you can you can make a lot of money for pretty easy work it's not a lot of money that's a big big misconception so you know those shows or like you see these main mainstream only fans girls and like i only show my feet yeah and i have of seven houses and these are this is my fleet of cars like nonsense Mm -hmm. it's not that kind of money like it's a couple hundred bucks here and there well Mm -hmm. they show their feet to then become the escort that gets five thousand a night there you go (laughs) the foot is the advertising a little step there yeah right you didn't mention exactly yeah but if they had if they had signed on the hustlers academy they'd have known (laughs) that was step five (laughs) hey i gotta say andrew tate's grown on me really yeah i i like at first i didn't like him at all like when I first heard him talk, I was like, fuck this dude. Like he's so he's being like inflammatory to be inflammatory. Like it's gotta be a joke. Yeah. Right. But um I I think the more I've I've heard him talk, the more where I'm like, okay, like he's he's got some thought, he's some thought through points. He's not just like just like, you know, running his mouth um like about like just like totally bullshitting. I I mean I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that I, I would I do disagree with. But the, I, the rape, I, I don't mostly. Think he's, I don't think he's the like the human what? trafficking. Maybe I. I don't. Is that real? Yeah, totally. There's videos of him admitting to it. What do you mean? So human trafficking is like a very broad charge, and they do that intentionally. And there's you know probably a million different reasons, but essentially, if you're paying somebody to cross a border and then paying them for a sex act, that is trafficking. There's a trafficking. Like so, state borders? What? Like state borders too? State borders too, yeah. So like if you if you hire a girl who lives in Brooklyn to come work at your strip club in Jersey, you, you're a human trafficker? That's not, so that's stripping. That's not a sex act. So like masturbating you, on camera, that's a sex act. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what he's about a, feet? He's, what about scrunching your feet? No, I think that's that's above board. That's but above but board? he's <laughs> he's admitted to finding like these women that were vulnerable, flying them in, yeah. having them make content, telling people through at Hustlers University how to lock these women out of their accounts. Mm-hmm. That he's hustling them, and he's taking like eighty percent because he's saying, "Oh well, I have to pay the taxes, and you're just like a dumb broad, and broads don't know finances." This is that's trafficking all day. Now, is it as horrible as like drugging someone, stealing them and locking them up in a basement? Obviously, there's different degrees. Okay, so he's really going down like he's he's broken some laws. He's broken laws for sure, because, again, there's like videos of him admitting these things. Now, whether or not that government he's in Romania, he's probably going to buy his way out for sure. Exactly. Yeah, but they they got him. Huh? They, They snatched him up. He's in Romanian prison. No. Maybe. How long does it take to make a uh, a clone copy for the WEF and he comes out talking about climate change is real and recycling? Nah, that's more your uh, it's more your ballpark, buddy. I don't, so, I don't hey, know. You'll never have to worry about Slick and Thick being scared to alienate their audience, okay? <laughs> because, you know, the great Mickey Gall over there waited until the rape allegations to be like, you know what? This Andrew Tate guy's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wait, so it's rape too? Huh? Rape too? I, I, it's hard. Yeah, I think so. He's the alleg- but it's allegations. There's so. allegations, but yeah. that's like a hard thing to prove. Yeah, there's like there's one or two girls that were that I think made that claim, but mm-hmm. that's not enough well, to if, say if guilty. He, yeah. That's true. And we all know well, bitches yeah. lie. If he's, 
If he's raping, we should kill him. This uh, is hard but, to make fun. This is hard to, to make jokes. This is my job to kind of make jokes here. This is a tough one. This is a this is a tough. Those do actually land power well. through G. Keep what happened? Through, buddy. You Just got power. This. You are you own an agency now, right? I do. So you're you have very strong feelings about this industry. You have mm-hmm. very you know firsthand what the fallout can be. Mm-hmm. and the impact it's had on your life. Mm-hmm. Is there any sort of moral hazard? Do you have any trepidation in still, you know, kind of monetizing, you know, this industry in a different way? So I would never take on a, a creator that doesn't already have an account that's not already somewhat established. Like I'm not actively recruiting people because that is such a that is such a big decision to make that I want no part of that. I want zero responsibility or ties to that decision if you've already made that decision for yourself then i want to provide a place that is going to help you thrive in like the most safe environment possible it is a very predatorial industry um for example one of our newest models like very big account like top point zero whatever percent creator very very big account she's young she's just turned 21 um, she's been doing this for two years. She was with an agency for those first two years. I don't know if they got her in or if she was already established. I don't know like the genesis of that, but they had her in one of the worst contracts I've ever seen. They basically were like, we own all of your social media accounts. Um, we own your OnlyFans account. We are going to take 60% of the content. You are not allowed to do anything without our permission, dire, like change your hair, lose or gain weight. Um, like basically they owned her and there was nothing for it. Like she was lucky to get 40% if that's what she was actually getting paid. And she's like, I don't know what to do because um, they're saying if I leave, they're going to delete everything. And I was like, we've got ways to recreate verified accounts. We'll get your numbers back where they need to be. You will not lose your OnlyFans account. We know people there and they are absolutely not going to let some man steal your account. They're not going to do it. So we reached out to um, some people on the back end, proved that it was her trying to get her account back, locked this agency out. Um, We don't do contracts. I don't believe in contracts. I don't own any part of you, your brand or anything. We're like simply here to help boost you up. And the minute that you want to leave, we will like get all of your assets together, help that transfer be super easy. Like it's a very model centric. Um, So yeah, so we got her account. It's doing great. We got her social media, like brand new social media is doing great. And she was in tears talking to my partner and and I just saying how grateful she was. And she never thought she was going to be able to like own herself again. And my husband like was filled with rage and he's like, I just want to go and like find every woman that, you know, is being taken advantage of and like help them get out of this. Like, this is so fucked. I want to like put this agency on blast. I was like, we're not going to do that. Let's just focus on the positive and you know where we can help. We can help. So um, yeah, it was a really important project for us. And I mean, it's doing really well so far. And so do you think that there, there can be, I mean, like essentially what you're describing is like, you know, conflict free diamonds, ethically <laughs> sourced coffee, like, like, so this is ethically ethical, sourced porn. Ethical porn is a thing. And okay. I feel, um, I was probably one of the first people talking about it, like back in 2016, 2017. And it's absolutely a thing. We, want our burger to be ethically made our eggs to be ethically made but when it comes to like human content we don't care we don't care if it's this girl in bolivia is being trafficked by someone um we're just like oh it's hot i'm going to consume it for free Mm -hmm. so step one is to get off of the tube sites because you don't know who's uploading obviously that huge scandal with Pornhub happened recently where there was a lot the underage 
Well, yeah. So there was underage content. There was rape content. Um, I don't know how much. Here's the, the dodgy part is when they were being investigated, they were like, well, we don't have any. We did. We looked and we don't have any. Well, when you look at Facebook, Facebook was like, hey, we have all of this. Help yeah, us. When yeah. you went to Twitter, they're like, we have all of this. Help us. Right. So they're not denying it. They're saying it's not ours. Like there's a fucking problem and we need to help people. But Pornhub was like, no, nothing to see here. Well, so it's user generated. It's kind of like we're just a platform, one, you know. Right. But yeah. they. But then when during the lawsuit, it came out that like they did know about it, and Visa knew about it. So wow. it was fucked. Visa knew about. Visa it? knew about it. So Visa will shut down your account. PayPal will shut down your account if you say something against the vaccine mandate. But if you're trafficking in kitty porn, they will still child abuse material. Wow. So, and, and I'm going to like put a little asterisk. It was either Visa or MasterCard. I don't know if you can like fact check and maybe find like the lawsuit, but it, yeah. it was in there. So they tried to actually get pulled off of the lawsuit. Um, and Canada was like, no, you're also part of this now because we have a paper trail. Um, so yeah, get off of the tube sites. Step one, I think platforms like OnlyFans are great if you're going to the like the creator, right? Like you're not going to like a production house. So find a creator that you like and support them that way. And then, you know, like they're not making anything against their will that they're of age, mm -hmm. um, that they're not being coerced in any way. Like these are kind of just like minimal steps that you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ethical porn. Ethical porn. That's the name of Mickey's only fans. <laughs> well, the problem is, is a lot of bigger companies are trying to do it. Cause I know some people don't like the amateur stuff and that's primarily what you see on OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, I want cinematic content. And then you have these companies that are trying to make ethical content, but they're ran by women. So the way that they're shooting it isn't for the male gaze. So it's not providing what they need. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it's like from a woman's standpoint and like, yeah, that's great. Women watch porn, but they're not the majority. Like Danielle steal porn. Like, you know, we're, we're just walking, holding hands on a beach for 45 minutes. And then <laughs> he's like doing the laundry. <laughs> the, yeah, the, he's doing the laundry with laundry while uh, the sun sets. Yeah, yeah. give me that. <laughs> <laughs> he took the trash out. Woo. <laughs> Oxygen Network presents ethical porn. Yeah. So we need some dudes, again, stand up and do the right thing. We need some mm -hmm. dudes that are like, we're going to make some hot you know adult content but mm -hmm. it's going to be above board the creators are going to have ownership over the content at some level royalties mm -hmm. you know have intimacy coaches on set have paywalls like it's pretty fucking easy to do it the right way intimacy coach so with mainstream movies when you have a sex scene you have an intimacy coach there so they're there to make sure everyone feels comfortable everything's consensual that no one is being harassed on set and no boundaries are being crossed got it a, a, a liability a check check well it's important because sometimes on sets especially with with porn like you're you might be the only female on set and that's that can be super intimidating so you, I think like the fact that mainstream has it and they're not actually having sex and then porn where you're actually having sex and it's way more vulnerable. You don't have that. Like, how's that a thing? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, the the issue becomes, I think, like, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's how you hire any third party for anything else, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have, um, what do you call it? The health board that comes into restaurants. That's yep. third party. I think a health board should probably be on a porn set that would make a lot of sense well they got crazy with that so they suggested that and then they wanted osha to be on every set and then it, their rules were that they wanted 
like basically a hazmat suit with yeah. goggles anytime there was a bodily bodily fluid exchange. You're like, well, that's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> then there was no porn. Then you end up kind of like Japan where everything's anime and blurred out because you can't do it. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Now, do you, do you now one of the things that interests me is like your personal philosophy seems to be in contradiction sometimes to to industry philosophy, right? So like you take a guy like Jordan Peterson and you know, some of these other, I guess, more uh, conservative thinking, or he's not really, I don't know how to describe it. Traditionalist, I guess, would be better. He's a self-appointed conservative now. Is he? Republican, yeah, he came out. Well, I, the traditionalist who says, don't consume porn. Porn shouldn't be made. Like, what do you what do you say to them in that regard? I think if you use porn as a pejorative or make a blanket statement that it's all bad, that you're not being honest or you're intentionally like you're intentionally being deceitful or you're ignorant. It's one of the one of the two. Erotica has existed since humans have existed. It's fundamentally important to to our existence. Right. Like there is a huge creative energy that comes from that. So there is porn that is art that is erotica and then there's porn that's violent and really has no place anywhere in my opinion so you can't really compare the two and what say constitutes both the same. erotica what what what's like what what's like the definition of erotica erotic so erotica to me and i think it's going to depend on who you ask to me it's like this higher vibration like you it's something that is that turns you on that turns your partner on like you're not going to have a visceral response when you're consuming it whether it's like a novel or a movie or just auditory um i think it there's more of that artistic element to it it's like focusing on pleasure where when you get into like more of like the hardcore violent porn that's not about pleasure that's more about pain and how much you can humiliate somebody and i think that that's very different so that's just for sick people. It, yeah, it, there's no no pl- healthy place for it. Um, so yeah, when you say like don't consume it at all, I'm like, well, there, there's so many different flavors of it, so you can't just blanketly say that. Um, I do think it's like anything else where if that thing kind of takes hold of you, so it's no longer a sexual expression, it's no sure. longer, um, I don't know, just like a form of entertainment or connection. Sounds like an impulse or like a, an addiction. We'll say impulse. We get dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe in addiction. So we'll say impulse. You don't believe in addiction across the board? Well, oh man, we could get into that. Go. I I would say most things are not an actual like addiction based off of the definition. More of it is. You're talking like chemical dependency. Right. That obviously exists for sure in some, in some things, but we're, we're talking about porn or sex or gambling, even cigarettes for a lot of people or marijuana, like. I don't, I think that's more of a psychological thing. And I think that has again to do with like delayed gratification, um, impulse control, procrastination and some, some issues. Um, so yeah, I, am derailed. Where were we going? Uh, well, I was interested in, in, uh, when, just when you said that you didn't believe in addiction, uh, yeah, before I that. Like that is, I feel like that is almost like a, a, that is a, almost like a psychological, that is a psychological thing. Like there are certain people who have like addictive personalities and, you know, could they could get addicted to fucking bread, or could get you know could get it. Certain people could get addicted to anything if they don't like 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 check themselves. But we were talking uh, before about, um, I mean, I guess erotica versus porn stuff like that. Right. So basically, saying not to consume it in general. It- it's so dependent on the individual because some person has an issue with ice cream. Do we make ice cream illegal? Like, no, right. of course not. Like that person's ability to say no to something is mm-hmm. that's not the ice cream's fault. It's that person needs to do some, Correct. some inner work. Right. Sure. Um, so right. yeah, I would say 
don't overindulge in anything, yeah. right? That makes you a drifter. You want to be in in control of your decision making. Well, and to be clear, I don't think just Jordan, I don't think Jordan Peterson's ever said it should be illegal. I think he's advocated that people consume that don't consume it. And I would yeah, say they're saying it's bad for people's brains and like bad for their development. Uh, that's why they just made it pass a thing in in Louisiana, right, where they have to like have like an ID to consume porn. Well, that's a whole other problem. I thought that was a win at first, but they're using digital ID, which then goes to digital credit scores, which then goes into they're actually able to um, what, like go into your browsing history without your consent. So it's just like another way to lose privacy um, and agency, and it's just another way to give sure. the government. Of course, way they too much would power. go ahead and do that. Speaking yeah, of, of course, they would take advantage of that. Now, now we're gonna pivot left, but the the captcha the captcha cap captcha whatever mm-hmm. uh you know pick out the three trees prove you're not a robot mm-hmm. i just found this out the that has absolutely nothing to do with what the program's actually doing when you're touching those trees or you're it's just wasting the 30 seconds that it needs to check your browser history it's checking your browser history and that by having by checking your browser history it, it can tell whether or not you're a real human or a bot I don't know if that's true. Where'd you hear I, that? I am almost 100% that that's true. I'm, I'm in the high 90s on that. So what I've been told is that it's training AI. So it's just trying to like train AI into understanding how a human moves a, key, a mouse, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more of like a tool. And then also like how a human depicts those photos, right? Like how, how do you mess up what a stare is so that the computer can learn? Let me, let me check. Cap. Also, start using Brave. What's you know brave? I mean? A browser. It's like the safest Cap- browser you can use. Captcha, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Captcha browser. Well, while you look that up, to anyone yeah. who is worried about like should I or shouldn't I watch porn um or consume erotica, I would say like what do you think is healthier at the end of the day? Like an entirely repressed sexuality or a healthy sexuality? Right? Like being asexual is not normal and that's not why we're supposed to be here um so it's it's having a healthy sexuality i think at the end of the day yeah it does uh recapture google's captcha checks your google history checks your browser history while you're using the uh uh, i was correct wow yeah so um again it's you know even but let's say brave let's say duck duck go let's say vpns do you think any of that stuff is actually untraceable? do you actually think that that's I think maybe not untraceable, but I think it definitely makes it a lot more difficult. Do you? I yeah. don't know. I, I it's I'm I've become so cynical. I've become so I don't trust any of it. My husband actually knows the guy um that founded Brave. Really? And he's like a stand up dude. What what are you, what are your thoughts on uh Rumble? Do you do anything with Rumble? There seems to be some people doing well over there. There seems but I now that I just even said that word, we're nerfed. There's no way like the AI on Google is like destroying anybody who ever mentions it. Oh, wow. Oh, Are you ready to rumble? Yeah. Maybe I just saved us. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I love <laughs> Michael Buffer. Michael, Michael Buffer's going to want his Michael Buffer is fantastic. He's going to want his piece now. <laughs> What's he get, a million dollars a minute, that guy? My I God. think so. I think so. That's incredible, man. So, I, you know, where where do you go from here? What do you think? Where do you go from here in this kind of redevelopment, rebranding, the second act or your third act here? What's what's next? 
So still doing the agency, um, we're kind of getting a little bit into the psychedelic space. So that's another side project, the podcast, obviously. I would say the goal of the podcast is, you know, to create more critical thinkers out there. Yeah, chatting with Candace, right? Yeah, yep. to be more curious, to be kinder, to, I guess, showcase the humanity in everyone, to be able to have a conversation with someone on the other side of an opinion of you without being rude or yelling. Um yeah, to, I guess redefine sexuality for a lot of people in a healthy way, like not go crazy and be like, have sex with everyone, do porn, do all these crazy drag shows with children. Like there's a healthy middle that no one's wants to talk about. <laughs> that, that to me is the biggest Kafka trap on the left and the pedophiles knew what they were doing the whole time. Oh, you don't like drag shows with children? What are you anti-drag? No, it has not. Everybody loved the movie Mrs. Doubtfire. It has nothing to do with dressing <laughs> in drag. It has to do with the 10 inch fucking dildo, bro. Right in front of the child. Like, well, like, are we are we really going to act like we don't know the difference? Are we really going to act like it has nothing to do with you dressed in drag or living an alternative lifestyle? It has to do with the child, with the with the sign behind him going, it's not going to suck itself. I was just going to say that that was crazy. So like, that was crazy. Live whatever alternative lifestyle you want. I don't care. But don't fucking piss on my leg with your fake fucking dildo dick and tell me it's raining. Like, <laughs> stop. Enough enough already like you know do whatever you want I'm sorry live, <laughs> live the life you want I, i'm so sick of the manipulation man being this aware of how manipulated we are every second of every day is turning me into like this unreal cynic where i just have to be like i don't i don't care i was telling you i was in new york mickey was with me i was walking through the streets going i don't care have it let this place burn to the ground. I don't care. I'm done trying to save you guys. I'm done trying to I'm done trying to open your eyes to the manipulation. I'm done trying to show you the wizard. I'm out. I moved to Florida. You win. Have it. You have my home. But if you come to Florida, I, I I'm not responsible for what happens next. It's a it's, it's a castle doctrine state. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I don't know if I've been in the South for too long, but we recently went to New York. Um, like right before the holidays and people were just so mean like it is the holiday season everyone is supposed to be kind and giving and cheerful and no one gave a shit one lady straight yelled at me for having a stroller on the sidewalk and i was like what do you propose what? i do with my two small children <laughs> put them on a leash it's, like what do you want it's so sad I, I grew up there i've been going there my whole life the city has never in my life been like this it has just it always it look it was always new york city it always had a grimy underbelly and it was always raw, but there was this hopeful energy to it. There was this vibrance to it. There was this, you know, there was this, there, there's nothing, there was this undefeatability. Like the, you'd, you'd go there and there were rats and there were garbage and there was all the other stuff, you know, and, and it always smelled like human piss, but it, it, there was this liveliness there. There was this hope. That, that, City this, that never sleeps is sleeping now. Dude, you can't. The, every store is is empty. Every bar is closed. Uh, and there's this this sadness, I think, where, you know, everybody went there hoping to become this, you know, famous singer, actress, dancer, artist, whatever. And, you know, now they're spending $1,400 a month to live with five other people in a in a 200 square foot apartment with a community bathroom in the hall. And the second you open the door, the wind punches you in the face. And then you got to step over human garbage and, and, and waste to get to a, you know, a job you don't want to get to that doesn't pay. It just has this, it has this stench of lost hope. And I think 
everybody there is so committed to this lie that they would they're going to die on the vine. They're not going to admit that the great, you know, socialist experiment didn't work. They're not going to admit that, you know, it's it's somehow become a city that is too arrogant and too insecure. It's too woke and too racist. It's too rich and too poor. It has an identity crisis and it needs it needs a rebirth. It needs its roaring 20s moment. And, and I don't know if the current political environment is going to let that happen. And I also don't know if just cities are an antiquated methodology. Uh, you know, so much of New York is dependent upon high high wage earners going into those office buildings and supporting the pizzeria and the bar and the, you know, and the dry cleaner and everything on that block. And if these high wage earners are able to be in Costa Rica working remotely, I just don't know how New York recovers. Mm. So th- there's there's kind of like a feeling that these are the last people at the party. And it's getting a little sad there is is my take on it. And I think that's where a lot of that lack of kindness and that meanness comes from because anybody who's actually kind of enjoying their life or enjoying any modicum of success isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? But I don't know. That may just be my own uh, interpretation. Yeah, I'm sad now. <laughs> I'm sad now. Uh, you know why? Because you're in Jersey. If you were in Florida, you'd be smiling ear to ear like me. I was on the beach yeah. this morning, bro. God bless. But I'll be back soon. But at the same time, you're talking about for your podcast being in kind of a more rural, uh, you know, more suburban area is actually a negative. And it's true. If you know, if you weren't in Miami, we wouldn't be sitting here right now, right? So, mm-hmm. kind of have to be in one of those hubs for an entertainment purpose, no? Right now, yeah. Like I was saying earlier, um, getting guests to come in person is really tricky because they want to go to either L.A., New York, Miami, or Austin. Mm -hmm. Anything outside of that is going to be really tricky unless you're a huge podcast and they're like, well, that opportunity is worth like two days of travel and not there yet. So getting them to come to North Carolina, they're like, let's just do a Zoom. I'm like, it's not the same. It's not the same. Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the, the ghost. The ghost of Mickey G. Let me in. He's a piece yeah. of purgatory. Yeah. Can't even smell That's the coffee, sad. man. It's, you know, what what would be one that you would travel for? I think like what Tim Cast is in Ohio, I would travel for Tim Cast. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Tim Cast simp. Um, I don't know if there's any others that I would actually literally travel for. You travel for Rogan. Austin. But I would be able to do five or six while I was there and I'd be able to do shows. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. You know, yeah, I, outside I, I the can, main cities. Yeah, I'd, I'd be able to, like, if you know, I mean, shoot, the dude wanted us to go to Canada last year, was willing to pay us pretty good money, and I'm like, uh, I don't know, man, I don't. Canada, it's so cold. Yeah, like, it, it, it is. It, it, I don't know, I don't know. It's tough. I think everything made people kind of lazy because now that everyone's using technology so much and they're using the Zoom feature. So they're like, well, if I can just Zoom, then why do I have to? Because they don't understand the difference. Like they don't, they're like, the connection is fine. I've got a great mic. I've got headphones, a good camera, whatever. And it's like, it's, it's not about that. There's this energy exchange Mm -hmm. that happens when you're in person. That's not the same as when you're just connected over a laptop. Not even close. And also listen, I've been, I've been crying and whining about this for two years or actually really uh, this last year, I've been bitching and moaning about it as loud as I can. Travel's so expensive and so cumbersome now. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like when doing comedy, they stole, and, and I consider it stole, they stole $20,000 at least from me because we had to leave a day earlier. There was, at one point, American Airlines was shooting one for five. One for five flights actually took off on time. I mean, uh, four four out of five flights took off on time. So you had a one in five chance, a 20% chance that your flight was going to get delayed or canceled. Yeah. So we used to fly in the morning of. We would fl- if we had a, a 7 o'clock Friday show and a 7 o'clock Saturday show, you fly in 6 o'clock in the morning on Friday, mm-hmm. and then you get a hotel Friday night. And then three years ago, they still had red eyes. You do a 7 o'clock show, you can still make a 12 o'clock flight out, and you'd only have to pay for the one hotel room. Right and and the 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 show the the comedy clubs give you a travel buyout, travel buyout's a thousand dollars, right? So if you do a flight and you do one night, you actually probably make like four hundred bucks off that travel buyout. Now you got to do the flight a day earlier, so now you get in a hotel room Thursday, you get in a hotel room Friday, you get in a hotel room Saturday, flying out on Sunday. Those extra three hotel rooms, you end up losing money on the travel. Hotel rooms are more expensive. Flights are up one hundred thirty percent. So now if you're talking about doing a podcast, yeah, I fucking work. hate traveling right now. It's I brutal. feel like uh I feel like uh like a like almost like a slave. Like ever like the, all the people that talk down to you, so like super disrespectful. Forgot I me mean, TSA, we could beat that dead horse. You know what I mean? They're shitty. You you get on the plane and like the people at the gates, like they they've been showing all these videos of people canceling flights and just be like you, like just talking down to everybody. It's so it's so bad. It's and, it's and so I was there the other day. Um, I was when I was flying home uh, to get the surgery, and the guys like moving our gate all over the place. I'll go I'll go up to the guy and ask him like, uh, "So where did our gate move?" He's like, "I said it three times." I was like, "Bro, bro," I was like, Dude. "Bro," like I wanted to fucking kill this yeah. guy. Yeah, but like I, like he's paying you to be there. Like you're not paying five hundred yeah, bucks up. when you used to pay one ninety nine. Through yeah, to walk through like cattle walk walking these lines, stand there and. Sir, come now. Sir, wait. It's just it's so it's like disrespectful. Yeah, and disrespectful. And if you really want to get into it, we get we bailed the airplanes out for thirty billion dollars. We gave them thirty billion dollars of taxpayer money. They turned around and used the vax mandates as an excuse to cut their expenses down to nothing. There, some of these airlines are down to you know two thirds of their employees. So. Now we're gonna get into the FAA and all this other BS. You and me I've, can't even sit in these small ass seats. You can't and me, fit. my shoulders, my shoulders are spilling onto the people next to me. I, I ride the plane like this most of the time. I'm I, in the in the aisle half the time, getting bumped by carts and people walking by. Bumped by carts. Listen, you know, every time I go to take a piss in the, in in there, I put myself in the Mile High Club. Are you kidding me? I need to do yoga just I to be able to in there, huh? At least I could fit in. The, I can't in even the fit sideways. I don't need to walk I got, through I, the I, doors I, this way. It's crazy. <laughs> I I would rather drive. It's gotten to the point where I would rather drive 10 hours than fly three. I drive. If it's, if I can do it in a day, I drive. Mm. I'd rather be in my car, listening to podcasts, you know, half the time I'm on a flight, the something doesn't work. You know, the, if the air conditioning doesn't work, I'm done. I'm done. Right. Like I, I, Hey, just don't (laughs) crack a window in here. Yeah, plus, I, <laughs> you know, breathing heavy on people. You know, I like to breathe really, I like to breathe really heavy on the people who are still wearing, like, the masks and stuff like that all over me. I right. like to, like, you know, like, act like I got the sniffles. I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's just, a, it's just Ebola. I'm fine. It's not COVID. Yeah, my instincts Ebola. are sometimes to scare them, too. Like, I'm like, oh, I wish I could sneeze right now. Yeah, no, I got, I've got hepatitis. I've got syphilis. I got Ebola, but I don't have COVID. I'm allowed to travel, right? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> We're good. 
So like you said, so you got into, are you, are you looking to do mainstream stuff at all? You're looking to go mainstream with the marketing and the agencies and the agency, we're taking both kinds of creators. So Mm -hmm. adult creators and then mainstream creators. Um, so we do have both and for the podcast, I mean like that's primarily mainstream, like once in a blue moon, I'll get an adult creator on there. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of them either don't want to come on or they don't want to share the real side of them because they think it's going to ruin the fantasy. So like they're still really heavy into into the industry and, produ- and co- producing content. So they're like, well, I don't want to rupture that illusion, which I get. But it's like, isn't that dull? Don't you get a little bit bored just being your alter ego all of the time and not providing something a little with a little bit more subs- like sustenance? You think that there's a vulnerability aspect to? I mean, you're provi- you're out there telling the world your real story, and and you're getting hammered for it. It had to be a better way to say and that. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that actually reminds uh, me, Candace. Do after like kind of the backlash you'll get, and like the I guess these the thoughts these people are going to put in your head uh, in the comments, how you're saying you're getting dogpiled on. Does that make you, especially now that you're retired, does that make you regret? anything does that make you like regret your career or almost wish it, you could like if you could like strike it all down and make it all go away like would you want that or is it like something that you're proud of and you know you you want to to remain out there so here's the thing no matter what i was going to end up getting naked on camera <laughs> like that was just part of my life oh, path <laughs> it was just part of my life path and that's going to sound crazy to some people but that sexual expression was so vital to who I am who I was and that part of my journey um so no matter what I was going to be naked for all to see or all that we're willing to spend 4.99 for a subscription for um so I don't regret that aspect if I had a magic wand and I could go back, I would say the thing that I would do that's different is that I would have done it myself. I wouldn't have contracted my body out to um, like a big company. I wouldn't have been shooting for these companies. I would have been shooting for my own production company and owning all of the content. Um, and that way it hopefully wasn't all over like the tube sites and I would have been able to like pro- put it out there the way that I thought was Again, back to ethical. That's not that's not just you, and that's not just that industry. There's so many videos of me out there, you know, that are comedy videos from you know when I was first getting started, and they're horrible, and they're so embarrassing, man, and they're like degrading in some ways. Now it's it's comedy. I'm I'm clothed mostly in most of them, but it, it's you know, again, like so much of the entertainment industry is exploitative, and you're doing anything you can to break into it. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the wrong people. And the only way you would know that is to have been burned. The only way I know what to say no to now is having seen what I needed to say no to in the past. Like there's there's so many videos I made with, with this one company where I'm just like, every one of these is a fucking embarrassment. And the fact that they still exist is a, is a nightmare to me. You know, they're just they're just degrading and they're stupid and they're not funny. And I knew it was not funny at the time. And I would give pushback and I'm like, dude, this is so dumb. And they would be like, this is what gets the views. This is what gets the views. You got to dumb it down. You got to do this. And I'm just doing this dumb, stupid shit that is going to sit with me forever. And I think about it sometimes. Every time I get like a new batch of followers, some video will go like, you know, viral in a little way. And I'll wake up and there's like 2,000 more followers. I sit there and I go, oh, fuck. I hope they don't find those early. You're like, damn, people saw that. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I think that's important, though, is to show your vulnerability and how everyone sucks when you first start anything. 
that's just part of the process. So I think it's just it's an honest. This guy example. was one fight into his fight career when he got fucking UFC. So sure, but maybe like if he were to have documented all of his training, like he didn't step onto the mat a black belt. Like that's mm. not how it works. Like you're gonna get your ass kicked, and that's with anything. So I think you're just being honest. You're like, if you look at my first episodes of my podcast sucked, if you watch some of my first videos that I've made sucked, like you could just tell, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't channeled like that sex goddess that I was trying to create. Like all of this is a process. So I think that you're doing the people coming up behind you a favor and saying, I don't have to be perfect from the jump, right? This is a slow process. I'm not like, so I'm not embarrassed of any of that content where for me, it comes down to like ownership and then knowing your worth. So when you work for these big companies, they're like, you're worth 300 dollars and you're like okay they said i'm worth 300 dollars. this isn't a true story from for me it's just an example um so you let some people like cap you right and then you start something like your own production company and you start making content that you own on like a third-party platform and all of a sudden you're making like six seven figures and you're like holy shit i've been lied to this whole time yeah well yeah uh i haven't had that happen yet but yeah I, i'll take your word for that <laughs> Shit, I should let you buy buddy. that LaCroix. Yeah, right? I'm I'm ha- I'm happy. I by as far as comedians are concerned, I'm fucking I'm 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 big money bags over here. We're doing good. I I, I can I can pretty much afford my bills. That's nuts. <laughs> That's a win. That's a win, man. That's a win. That's a huge win. Yeah, I don't have to live with sixteen other people in a in a you know, in a flat. Now what I do hate, I do hate is the vacationing and poverty this this there's become this thing in new york specifically new york comedy and i'm pretty sure it's la comedy too where you have to the only people that get booked are like these people have these tragic stories of somehow overcoming the odds and it's like you know there was one guy i'm not gonna name his name but he's, he's gonna become very popular now and it's like he was sleeping on a on a bet on a on a couch in brooklyn while he was plying his craft and it's like yeah it's because he's a multi free comes from a multi-million dollar family you know and he could go back home whenever he wanted to and he literally vacationed in poverty to add to his backstory here like, oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna say his name and no i'll flame him eventually but he, <laughs> he, he, not, not now not now it was uh. planned like he he like set it up like he he made himself look broke because he knew yes. it was a good story and, and he's not he's not atypical. Oh, weird. No, th- I didn't there's know a, thing. a lot of people are a lot a lot of people have to you know feign poverty to somehow become like accepted in that that clicky community. Yeah, sure. People can be embarrassed by their money. You know what I mean? Like I, I know I know people who grew up with money and are like kind of embarrassed by it. Like they feel like like. I didn't come up tough or I didn't come up like hard. You know what I mean? It's At be, least in my, it's being kinda, disrespectful like to the, the work your parents put in to yeah, make you're, sure you're you know. what? Cause your parents were winners and worked fucking hard as shit. It's like, it's, a, it's not, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I don't. Yeah. The, 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 the idea that, you know, the only, yeah, only struggle Started is from the noble. bottom. Now we're here. That's what like, you know what I mean? That's like more celebrated. Yeah, the guy who sang that song was a fucking child star raised by a producer and um, and and hyper uh, successful singer mother. Right. Well, I think yeah. uh, I think where Drake's bottom is probably the, a ceiling I can only hope to attain. So, <laughs> like you know, started from the bottom. Now we here again. Now getting into like a societal thing too. That's like, right, Drake. We're coming for you, boy. Yeah, you you hear people talk. <laughs> you know, I hear so many people say things that are pseudo intellectual 
mm-hmm. and that they've kind of memorized these intellectual buzz phrases to try to make themselves seem smart or seem like they're being an autodidact or, you know, and What's they just that mean speaking of which uh, autodidact, somebody who, uh, who he, Candace, he does this all the time. <laughs> an autodidact is somebody who, who is self-taught somebody who, who okay. seeks out uh, education for themselves. Okay. Speaking right. of pseudo intellectual, he just learned that word just to drop it on us. <laughs> hey Siri, what is autodidact mean? Did I use it correctly or are we cutting this? <laughs> yeah, dude. I was probably so, uh, you know, again, like LeBron, when the whole social justice thing was everywhere and I'm hearing LeBron lecture the world about privilege and I'm like, dude, you were born six foot eight. You're faster than anybody. You jump higher than anybody. You have won the genetic lottery in a way perhaps no human being has ever won it before. You have been a millionaire since you were 15 years old for playing ball in hole. All right? Like, some would call that privilege. Some would call that winning the genetic lottery, right? This idea of, you know... The like, like, and I know we, we, you know, getting kind of off topic here, but this original sin, you know, having to prove yourself as one of the angels and not one of the demons is so phony to me. It's so inauthentic. Again, blame the woman. Blame the woman? How? We ate the fucking apple. You ate the apple? Right? Uh, like history blame like that's where it starts yeah but i think that adam was, and eva yeah adam and eva yeah. that was ten thousand years ago it, we you know i don't know you you think it's you think it's females that are the blame for this no i was i was being sarcastic you know what i mean like we're oh no we're let's always, blame the women we're, uh, we're uh, tell me how we can blame the women duh, please she's being sarcastic dude no i want to dive deep into yeah <laughs> No, so there's this book, it's called um, Ethical Porn for Dicks, written by Dr. Lay, and he goes... Come on. <laughs> come on. I know. Come on. I know. Come on. <laughs> he's living his purpose. Um, Dr. Lay was a man? Yeah, he's a man. He wrote the book. Um, <laughs> I actually is, had him on the podcast. This is like a bit from Austin Powers. Are you so, kidding me? <laughs> he goes back, and it go, it's like um, kind of like the history of shame, and especially blaming women, and when it comes to sexuality, and he said that when... When was it? When the post was invented, there was an uproar because they were like, oh, no, what if the women start writing their lovers? It's going to be the end of the family. And you're like, what are you talking about? This is this hysteria is insane. The bicycle came out and there was hysteria for that was going to turn women into raging lesbians. So, I mean, some of it is ridiculous, but some of it's historically true. And you're Mm -hmm. like. Why are we getting the short end of the stick? Like we're sexual creatures too. We're allowed to experience pleasure. So this this fear around sexuality is just nonsense. So like if you look through the history of time and how we've looked at sexuality and what we've tolerated and now what we say is art, that's changed. So you see these beautiful stone carvings, right? When you go over to Italy, most of them are missing their penis. Do you want to know why? Because first it was okay. Then the church said it was vulgar, so they had to go around and chop all the dicks off of these statues because now that was okay. And now we go there and we see these ancient pieces of art and we're like, man, it's a shame that someone defiled that. Yeah. So I, I don't think that that's any different to erotica now today. Bunch of... I heard they made all the dicks on those statues really small so it wouldn't take away from like the art because if like, they gave them like a... You know, never see a statue with like a big old hog because <laughs> yeah, everyone would just be looking at that the whole time. Why are, are those are those small? Is that small? Are we considering that small? 
<laughs> no, dude. The uh, I I didn't know that ancient uh, ancient. Come Rome. on, you know David. He took out Goliath. He had to have a bigger piece than that. Bro. David, yeah. Imagine they make a statue out of you, and they're like, "Mick, we got this dope statue." <laughs> we just don't want to take away from. You're the gonna art, love you know? this like, no, statue. No, no, take away from the art. Take hey. away from the art. <laughs> <laughs> take away, take away, and then they put the leaf over the top. What did the leaf come in? Was that? I don't know. The leaf. I just I'm imagining these, you know these. 300 pound uh these 300 pound romans with purple hair and warby parkers going around chipping off dicks all day <laughs> <laughs> those this guys were 300 pounds they were five foot five foot max a bunch of five foot guidos and in, in uh in flip-flops take over the whole world. world amazing yeah yeah the it's it's a we are in a in an era of overreaction and overcorrect overcorrection there's no doubt about that i mean <sighs> So you're in a situation where you, at both the same time, you were ostracized from the industry in the beginning for not being woke enough, and now you're getting grilled by the red pills on the other side. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, this is your burn the witch moment. Oh, yeah. I have, like, a permanent red A tattooed on my face, and no camp wants me, Um, and that's fine. Like, to me, that's just showing that I'm a free thinking individual. Mm-hmm. I'm not going into anybody's camp. And like, that is my authenticity is I, I agree with some ideas over here. I agree with some ideas over here. And I think both of you are fucked in so many other ways. Right. And all I can do is be myself. And if you love me, you love me. If you hate me, you hate me. That's like, that's not up to me. What solutions could you proffer for it? Like what, what solutions would you, would you suggest here? In what way to like be accepted and not treated like a piece of shit all the time? Well, yeah. Or like, you know, you work now, you think of it from a management perspective for creators as well. What, what can be, do you insulate yourself? Do you just say, you know what? I can't read these comments. Do you overexpose yourself to it? So you get numb to it. I'm going to read and respond to every comment. Like what, you know, how, how do we navigate this new technology as we're the very first of our species to ever have to deal with this? I think you have to use it like a tool. Don't let it use you. It's tough when you're trying to grow your brand to not read and respond to the comments because you're trying to build that community, like that very loyal following for whatever future endeavors that you have. And throughout that process, you're going to see awful things. So I'm still trying to figure it out. I usually don't read the comments at all because of that. I think who you follow and like your media diet is so important. So follow people that are inspiring and motivating, not people that are making you feel like shit or jealous or envious or lesser than, or, um, aggravated. Like we were talking about this, like, what do you, what do you call it? Like, Like shock jocks, right? Unfollow those people. Like that's just grifting on another level. Like find people that are going to challenge you to be better every day. What is grifting? Grifting, it's profiting off of outrage. Big Twitter term right now. Yeah. Yeah, People that are, people that aren't doing any actual work or aren't making any actual, you know, change. They're just making a lot of money off of whatever is popular at the moment. They're Mm -hmm. grifting. They're like, yeah, they're like, you know, picking up the dollars. I got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, like uh, Stephen A. Smith, I would think is like the all time grifter to me. Like Stephen A. Smith is a guy who. He his entire job is to second guess people after the fact and make outrageous claims day after day. And yeah, his Monday morning quarterback, yeah, chair quarterback. And his his outrage is is amplified by whatever co-host he has, and then whatever whatever 
pain and injury and harm he causes to whoever he's talking about, he just moves on to another su- subject the next day. It doesn't, he's never, he, you know, he himself is never called to the mat for any of his inaccuracies. And they've made an entire industry out of that. I mean, that's, think about that though. When we were younger, I'm a little older than you, but when we were younger, there were highlights nonstop on ESPN. You, you know how long you've got to watch ESPN to find even one five second clip of a game. It's all outrage porn at all times. It's all, mm-hmm. what's this person doing and what's that mean for society nonstop over and over and over. And it's like, bro, it's a basketball game on Tuesday in, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? Like, at the, at the end of the day, this stuff, I don't think this is sustainable long term. I, I don't think for the, the psyche, this is sustainable. I think the beauty of sport was that it replaced that need, that competitive urge for men to war against one another. It, it let us get that out in a very healthy way. But now all of this pent-up rage and anger has no, there's no way to, to express it when it happens online like this, right? And there's a lot of people, I'm frankly shocked with, you know, everything that happened with whether you were on the right, the center, whatever. All these people that were repressed, and that were censored, and now we know with the Twitter files that one hundred percent happened, and and the magnet, you know, it's the the magnification of that censorship was coming from our government. I'm kind of shocked. Nothing, there wasn't that kind of bursting moment that nobody bursted and did, you know, some crazy shit. I think, in retrospect, people really handled the last two years really well. They really did, especially the people that that were were censored. And now there's this idea of of amnesty, or there's this idea of like. Now I'm seeing on Twitter, you got to have sympathy for these people. They're getting sick. And I'm like, bro, these, these people were so, they were so bad to so many people for so long. They caused so much harm and destruction. They bullied the shit out of half of the population for two years. They threatened people. They took away their jobs. They took away their livelihoods. And now it's like, yeah, but I'm sick. It's like, I haven't even gotten an apology. So I think you want to try to transcend that though. Oh, I'm too petty for that transformation. <laughs> I'm way too petty. Amnesty, bro. Amnesty, amnesty. Amnesty, bro. Amnesty. Uh-huh. Sure. Bygones be bygones, you know? Sure. Sure. How about uh you like that word amnesty? I got a word. Restitution. How about you pay? How about how about we get China? I need my restitution. Yeah, let's get let let's get China and the WHO to to, to pony up for the $4.4 trillion in lost economy over the last 18 months. You think that, that they'll pony up or what? Yeah, doubt it, bro. Doubt it, bro. Doubt it. I don't know. That's another one for kids, huh? So you got to handle that one, too. What, the future? Oh, yeah. Like, what <laughs> that, the idea that they, in schools, they just were like, hey, come, in the, come into the gym, kids. We got a fun little science experiment we're going to put in your arm. Like, that was that's tough. What do you mean? Oh, they were they were they they tried doing some slick shit, and especially in New York, where they oh, yeah, they, they were. vaccinated the kids and stuff without their without their their parents' consent. Yeah, it was it was crazy, man. And listen, maybe that thing's a miracle. I don't know. Maybe that thing is the greatest thing ever. I don't know. I do know that they're lying to us about a lot of things. I do know that they've been caught lying. Yeah. What if your kid was allergic to something? That's so scary. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. I don't worry. We're going to figure it out. We're going to save this world. We'll save it, baby. You do. You save it one conversation at a time. Listen, if you guys are here and you're still here for this, you guys are the best. You guys got to... You guys got to subscribe. Come on, who would leave? Look, look at Candace over there. Who would leave this? Come on. Who would leave? <laughs> Everyone's on. here. Everyone's Gorgeous. here. Gorgeous. 
Yeah, that's who. Yeah, that's that's why. That's that's why they're you know it's the negging, right? Isn't that how you get hot chicks? You neg them. Isn't that what you do? Oh my gosh, no, that's so dated. Don't do that. You be don't nice. neg. Do you <laughs> neg? Like be mean to them? You just gotta go up and be like, you really think that you can pull off that color? No, that doesn't work. That's never worked. At least for me, that has never worked. I've had dudes do that, especially mm-hmm. in public. Like mm-hmm. they'll say something to try to piss you off. Yeah. Never worked. I'm like, bye. Really? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you just think about that guy's negative comment the rest of the night until you see him the next day. And you're like, do you really think I couldn't pull that color off? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I'm going to go burn my closet. That's it. Ah, oh, this random guy didn't like what I wore. Burn it down. I don't know. What do you think, Mick? Is that is that the neg? Um. Yeah, no, it's not the look. That's, that's not, not the, the look? Move. That's not the move. Well, also, do you, is that the type of female that you want? Is no. someone who's chasing you for validation? You don't want yeah, that. Yeah, someone who's, yeah, who you're manipulating their psychological to, like, remember you because you said some shitty shit. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's stupid. Yeah. Think if that woman ends up being your wife, like, is that okay? Like, would you want someone talking to her that way? Yes or no? Then you don't do it. No. I don't know. I I, I just got yelled at by Gerard's Chaz. Whole game, Gerard's whole game just changed right now. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about it. Rethinking everything. Yeah. Be a gentleman. Yeah. Shit. Ouch. Damn. No, I am a gentleman. What are you kidding me? I, I, you think I can pull off negging? I can't pull off negging. <laughs> no. I did have some funny shit happen down here where there was a... Uh, we were out one night, and I was a group of girls. I went, I went up to. I was like, "Hey, you know, how you guys doing? Can I buy you a drink?" And they immediately turned and were like, "Ew, you gonna drug it?" Oh my god! I was like, "Wow, free drugs in this economy?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Quite Jeez. a bargain you got you guys, there. You guys think I'm balling? I am balling. Wow. Yeah. No, I don't know, man. It's. I think the again, this is one of those situations where we're the first people in history that are dealing with this with the tinder world and you know the the non-stop the ability to like never have to deal with a bad situation in a relationship and just bail swipe right bail swipe right you know it's 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 almost too much it's almost too much there's too many options especially down here in south florida it's outrageous and you it's impossible to find trust you just can't trust somebody so you just become cynical and assume the worst at all times Oh, I hate that. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it's fine for the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's not, that's not a future I want to live live in. No, were you, were you always a relationship person before you got married? Yeah. You've yeah. always been a relationship yeah. person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So again, that that's counterintuitive too. I know. I'm an individual. What can I say? A paradox. Yeah. Uh, wrapped walking, in an enigma. Walking paradox. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just can. I consider those things different. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Sex with my husband is very different than any sex I've ever had for for work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not comparable. And you're able to compartmentalize the two easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say to the people? Like, so let's say one of those people who did say one of those horrible things was sitting here, and you had the conversation with him. Would you Would you want to fight him? Would you want to? I got after this. Him? Fuck you, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What you gonna do now, I'm white son? Now. What's that? Hell yeah. <laughs> He just said it's cool, so I'm in. You know what's funny? We'll have we'll have you like the gorilla, like you know, behind the closed door, and there's just like a button, and then we'll just put the button on the table, and then nobody will acknowledge the button. Nobody will have any idea. You could try to talk to him, be nice to him, try to solicit a decent response, but at any time you want, you just press that button, and the gorilla comes out the cage. <laughs> Honestly, I think the thing that they probably need is a hug. You know what I mean, dude? Yeah, if they talk shit about you. 
and what they get out of it is to go chest to chest with Evil Ovi. That is the worst I, of all I disincentives. Kill them on principle. What you doing? Now they gotta go. No, yeah. bro, can't, can't be. I mean, what would you actually say? What do you think? Would you try to psychoanalyze them? No. Would you try to get to the root of it? What? No, I mean, obviously that person's hurting, right? You don't express that kind of cruelty. If you any cruelty that you send to someone else, you're probably ten times worse to yourself inside your head. So that person's probably just seriously hurting on some level. It doesn't obviously excuse it because it's horrific, but that person needs love and connection. Like That's the only way you're going to fix it. And you would provide them with the love and connection? That's not my responsibility. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. Yeah, I don't... If I was face-to-face with them, I wouldn't be cruel to them because they were cruel to me. That's not how I try to operate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I would probably say, like, you know what you said was really devastating for me because you what you did is you forced me to see a horrific future right it's not like that's not going to happen i pray to god that doesn't happen um but like you put that in my psyche and that's horrible like there was a very real person on the other end of that that device that you hit send on and you know i hope that you are a loving lighter person that you don't want to do that again mm-hmm. you know well, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're doing that shit and you don't realize you're a loser, like you got you got some waking up to do. Yeah, but I, the unfortunate thing is less is not learned in blood or soon forgotten. There's no disincentive for these people not to do it. And until so, we make our show, till we make our show. Yeah. That, what, what was the old Ashton Kutcher one? Copyright. Punk? Copyright. Copyright. Yeah. We Hey, we, we claim it. Claim dibs. Dibs on show. <laughs> yes. Dibs on show. Yeah, it would be like punked instead of punked. It would be like, I don't know. What would you call it? Trolled? Trolled. Let's call it trolled. Yeah. 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 We'll call up Super Jacket. We'll get this on MTV. What was the other, oh, What was the other one on MTV that was awesome? Uh, Bully Beatdown. Yeah. That's what we, like need. That. we need. We need Bully Beatdown. Did you ever watch Bully Beatdown? No, I didn't. Because it's too petty for you and you're above it. You transcend that. Oh, so essentially it's you beating up a bully? No. What is it? It was a bully gets to fight a professional fighter. Oh, that's not good. It worked You're, that poorly for the bully every time. For sure, but then oh, did they check in with that kid later? I'm pretty sure the show was canceled for reasons. Yeah, that's horrible. That's horrible. That makes me actually really sad. What was the? Do you remember no, you Bully Beatdown? You gotta check it. You should check it out. Say again. It was yeah. It was Bully Beatdown. It was Jason Mayhem Miller hosted it, and then it would be like some. I mean, I, I I'm sure all this reality stuff is so staged anyway. But like, like there'd be like some like you know. A victim would then would like write in about their bully, and then that they would have like a fighter. This guy who thinks he's all tough, it, like the bully, would then have to fight a real fighter and would get humbled. And uh, at the end, would be like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be doing that to you guys." Mm. Blah blah blah. Did they ever verify that the guy was actually a bully and not just dating the yeah, girl that the bully. guy wanted? So, so the idea was the bully could get ten grand if he. There'd be two rounds. One would be like a kickboxing round, and one would be like a, a wrestling submission jujitsu round. And one bully, uh, but actually like got the ten grand. Oh, really? He, he didn't. He didn't get finished. Like he took a beating yep. and like threw up at the show and throwing up at the end. But he like he still got ten grand. Like <laughs> they're supposed to take all their money away, and all the money goes to the the victims. Oh, imagine in season two, everybody knows the deal, so they're in cahoots together. And it's like my bully is Steve, the Navy SEAL. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're split at fifty-fifty at the end. Yeah, bully beatdown, troll, trolled. What do you think, MTV? Hit us up. You don't think it's a good idea? I feel you. I feel you cooling on the idea. 
No, I, I just don't think that like responding with that same kind of energy is going to help anybody. I think really? someone has to be above it. Why is everybody so love and light these days? Can't we just have no, a little th- bit of pettiness? I think there's Can't a place, we have a little retribution? I think there's a place for like that warrior ethos. Absolutely. But I think if you're trying to really like heal future generations, especially if they're kids, I don't think that punching them in the face is going to teach them anything. No, young men though. I mean, have you ever been in a fight? Yeah, a couple. You've been in a fist fight? Yeah. Did you like the person more or less after you got in a fight? Um, that's a weird, good question. I don't, I've never thought about it. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty much every single person I've ever gotten into a fight with, I've, I've left the fight with a respect for that person one way or another, more respect. And, and we've never, and we didn't beef anymore. Or if there was beef, it was very cordial. I feel like that's like a, that's a bandaid. I don't know. Especially if you're talking about kid, like kids or young young men, I think that they there's a lot more development that needs to happen other than mutual respect because we fisticuffed. I don't know. I think that there's a place for controlled violence in this world. I really do. I think that there's there's something in us that wants to be violent. I think that we should we should control it in ways that it, it doesn't get out of hand and it doesn't become life altering and devastating. But I also think that there's just something about getting punched in the face that no amount of conversation can convey. I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, a picture really. a, a picture's worth a thousand words and a fist is worth a thousand pictures. So do that math. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think on that, Mick? Um, I think that's the perfect way to leave it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, this has been Slick and Thick with the one, the only, the amazing Candace Horbach. Check out Chatting with Candace. Where can they find you? Uh, chattingwithcandice.com and that's got my podcast and all my socials. Okay. And leave nice freaking messages, you mongrels for Christ's sake. Or we'll sake. find you. Or we will, we will find, find you. you. We will find you. And we will definitely not put you we'll on We'll have an camera. intellectual conversation with you. Very love and light. We will hug you. You will get so many hugs semi-consensually yeah, be from behind. Right your neck. <laughs> with a seatbelt grip, a seatbelt grip <laughs> hug. Be very nice. What's the difference between a hug and a rear naked choke, Mick? I don't know, but it sounds like the Giants just scored out there. Is the rear naked choke just a hug for the neck? It's yeah, it's a neck, it's a neck hug. It's a neck, a neck hug. Cuddle. So many yeah. neck hugs for these guys. Mm-hmm. There's so many neck hugs. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> and so anyway, on behalf of Candace and her lovely shoulders and I'm sure nice feet, Mickey Gall, <laughs> the wonderful H Gab Studios that let us come in on short notice here. I am yeah, yeah. Gerard Michaels. If you guys like this, check out the rest of Gas Digital by subscribing right now. We're live every Monday and Friday for free at 1 p.m. But if you missed that, you can always subscribe. Use our code SNT to get over 15,000 hours of Gas Digital content. That includes Legion of Skanks, Michael Bisbing, G- Big J Okerson, all those great guys for free oh, yeah. for seven days on SNT. I've been Gerard Michaels. Oh, yeah. This is Legion of Skanks. <laughs> subscribe using SNT I love you Candice thanks for coming on love you Uh, we'll see you soon peace guys bye guys thank you I'm going to watch the game